Hello and welcome to CIO Live here in ASEAN. My name is Chris Holmes, Editor-at-Large, and I will be your host today. I'm very pleased to welcome Marina Yeo, Chief Technology Officer and Global Vice President of Technology Services at Johnson & Johnson, as part of our Leadership Live series where we talk to tech leaders across the region. So, Rowena, before we get into our discussion on digital transformation, maybe you could just give us a little bit of a background as to how you became a tech leader. Hey, Chris, thanks, and uh, thank you for inviting me to this uh, chat. So that's a very interesting question, Chris. I think if I were to reflect back since I was young, I always have a very strong interest in math, in science. I guess I was a geek at heart, right? And so I was, um, and I'm still is, fascinated around how things work. I guess my fascination with computers started when I first played the game, Where in the World is Common San Diego on a Macintosh? And I was simply fascinated by how a small machine can do so much. So I guess I naturally kind of was drawn into the world of engineering and subsequently technology. Yeah. That's fantastic. And maybe just give us a bit of a sense, sense as to how you became, um, your, how you got to your position at J&J &J today. Okay, well, all right, good, thanks. So I subsequently um, graduated from National University of Singapore with a degree in civil and environmental engineering and joined IBM immediately after graduation. So I guess my exposure to technology really started in the university, but the full exposure really came in my journey in IBM as a systems engineer. And IBM provided a lot of foundational training that I had in technology. And in addition, I think it was the opportunities right, to work with various customers and developing solutions to meet their needs. And it was great for somebody early in my career then to see how technology can be leveraged to solve business problems. And as I delved deeper, I found technology to be a very, very powerful tool that can transform lives, businesses and societies. And as technology evolves so quickly, there's always something new to learn and leverage uh, in a very impactful way to make a difference. So subsequently, uh, I left IBM and joined Cargill and um, started my journey in Cargill as a regional program manager for Cargill's global program office then. It was an email consolidation program. Uh, and though I was a program manager, I find myself just having to roll up my sleeves to build unique systems, to learn networking so that I can connect routers, set up local area networks. And I had also the privilege to build teams at that time. So it was tough work, but I've learned so much and subsequently just grew into different roles, leading infrastructure, applications, and eventually became the regional CIO. And before I left Cargill to join g, &G I was a global group CIO for one of the business sectors in Cargill. And um, in, Car in Cargill, I actually did a stint out of IT and strategy and business development as well. So I left uh, Cargill in 2016 to join J&J &J in the pharmaceutical sector first, and where I had the opportunity to work on some really amazing programs to support our patients and healthcare professionals. And then in 2019, I assumed my role of the global CTO for J&J &J and lead right now the technology services organization. And um, throughout my career, I'm just really thankful to have amazing people whom I have uh, had the opportunity to learn so much. So thanks for that, Rowena. Maybe you can give us an idea of what you do on a day-to-day -day basis and also the size of the organization that you lead. Hey, thanks, Chris, for the question. So my role as the global CTO is to lead our organization's technology strategy and operations. And my team has a responsibility for implementing technology strategy to ensure that we continue to deliver new levels of innovation and operational excellence to the enterprise. The technology services organization within Johnson Johnson provides services across all sectors and functions across the company. So there are two major areas of our services. 
IT infrastructure, ranging from managing the global networks, cloud and compute services, and end user services. And the second area encompasses applications and platforms, including supporting all the ERP platforms, commercial applications, and data platforms. And my team has a responsibility of developing, maintaining, and supporting these applications and platforms to ensure that they work efficiently to meet our business goals and support the needs of our patients, customers, and employees. That's fantastic. So thank you for that. So let's get into our discussion around digital transformation. I mean, what does digital transformation mean for you in J&J? So digital transformation to me is about leveraging the power of modern technology to fundamentally improve and streamline how our organization operates and really develop, delivers value to our patients, our customers, and our employees. Now, as the technology organization for Johnson Johnson, it is our duty to leverage the power of technology to change the trajectory of health for humanity in the ways we serve patients, healthcare providers, and the communities around us. So very often people think of digital transformation as implementing new technology, implementing new tools. And in reality, digital transformation is more than that, right? It's about using technology to really solve real business problems and create new opportunities. It's about improving agility and innovation. It's about using and adopting a data-driven culture so that we can enhance customer experience and really maintain a competitive edge. And we often talk about people, process, and technology kind of coming together. And in J&J, the process of digital transformation really involves leveraging technology such as AI, machine learning, intelligent automation, data science, analytics, cloud computing, et cetera, to improve processes to simplify workflow, uh, to improve efficiencies. Uh, in many cases, especially in our R&D space, to accelerate drug discovery and enhance decision-making, for example. And I think very importantly, digital transformation also involves a huge cultural shift, right? It's about encouraging a mindset of continual innovation, agility, and patient centricity across the organization. And this would mean really about fostering an environment where employees are comfortable using new technologies, and are also very motivated to seek out innovative solutions to healthcare challenges. And so one of the important things that we have done for digital transformation within J&J is also to raise the digital acumen within our employees um, across the organization, not just IT employees. And that includes fostering a culture of continuous learning, a culture of adaptability to keep pace with the continuous evolution. So in summary, digital transformation for me is a holistic approach to change, right? Blending technology, processes, and people to drive better healthcare outcomes and deliver more value to our patients. So very interesting that. I mean, you talked about the new technologies that are being involved and you talked about that, the environment of continuous learning. So how have you changed your organization to actually bring these tools in and um, get them uh, embraced by the organization? Yeah, that's a very good question, Chris. There is no one size. It's all approach to structuring an organization for digital transformation. I think what we need to know is that new technologies and digital capabilities are really changing every aspect of our life. And so as an organization, we need to evolve to stay at the forefront, especially for us in J&J, so that we can shape the future of healthcare. So as a start, I think digital transformation doesn't happen in silo, and that's really important to note. And it requires cross-functional collaboration, and very importantly, with a clear vision for the outcomes to make this a success. I think in the case of J&J, everything we do, we always anchor in our mission and putting patients at the center of everything we do. Um, so within our organization, we embark on a journey to develop high-performing teams using a very product-centric approach towards structuring our teams for success. 
And it starts first with us being able to articulate what the goals are. So it starts with number one, customer centricity. How do we ensure that we use customer insights, um, employees' insights to develop products that meet their needs? And number two, how do we structure ourselves for success? So our teams need to think about how do we improve our ways of working, reduce handoffs, and minimize friction to drive agility so that we can bring products faster to our patients, to employees that we serve. And then being very, very outcome focused, how do we ensure that our work aligns to business strategy that drives business results? And I talk about change. It's really about fostering also a strong culture for change. A culture for transparency where people are open to communicate, um, people are open to share challenges and opportunities, and very importantly, a culture of continuous learning and servant leadership. So specifically, we establish what we call product teams with business and IT ownership. And within these teams, a cross-functional group of expertise, uh, such as software engineer, functional engineers, we could have data specialists, could be reliability engineers, security, uh, and also our infrastructure expertise across products with business and product owners are leading, right, what exactly this team uh, is supposed to achieve. And very importantly, we've also established OKRs, um, objectives and key results. That includes velocity, uh, how do we manage our backlog, how do we look at operational metrics and team health so that we continue to measure our progress and to mature on how fast we are to deliver quality products to support the outcomes. This journey really requires a, a huge amount of change management, as you can imagine, right? Um, raising the level of acumen across the organization is also important, as I mentioned. And it's also important to shift the organization's culture towards a culture of adaptability, resilience, agility, and continuous learning. And, and to know that disruption is just a normal cause of doing business so that we can con you know, continue to keep pace of this continuous evolution. That's great. So, I mean, we've talked through sort of how you've organized um, maybe you could give us an example of sort of some of the projects that you've actually um, completed and what have yeah. been the successes? Yeah, very, very good question. I think modernization, maybe let me just define it. It's, it's a very critical component, Chris, as you can imagine. And this modernization is not just about you know, updating legacy systems, um, driving better outcomes, and this also involves business processes, especially as we see how technology has changed the ways we work. And so a very important aspect of modernization is also our ways of thinking. How do we ensure that we develop the mindset um, that we have to work across the team and align to the changes brought about by technology changes? So to your question, what are some of the um, successful projects. I think one of the things um, we have done across the organization, um, as I mentioned, modernization has a few aspects, technology, there's processes, and then there's culture. Um, and so maybe I'll talk a little bit more around um, the technology piece. I think one area that we have um, um, been very successful is our cloud transformation journey. And with the size and the scale of Johnson Johnson, we knew that we needed the flexibility of a hybrid cloud approach. And that includes leveraging the offerings of public cloud with our virtualized private cloud environment within our data center. And this hybrid cloud approach really is really important because it provides the flexibility and scalability, especially over the last um, years, as we've seen the explosion of data and compute needs across the organization. And for example, in the last few years, we have seen huge demands from a data and compute requirements uh, so that we can facilitate, for example, our data scientists' ability to uh, enable faster and more efficient drug discovery and development. And you can see these data requirements ranges from um, imaging data, genomics data, so you can imagine right, the demand on our environment. 
So our cloud strategy has been successful in that we were able to leverage this hybrid cloud approach to drive the agility needed to also scale and to operate it in a very cost-efficient manner and also really driving operational um, uh, effectiveness, scalability, and security to support the business demands. And to your question about some of the learnings, I think one of the things that we have learned very earlier on is the talent and skills needed. We need to continue to upskill our talent, uh, and in this case, to retrain and expand the skill set of our team from managing on-prem data centers to cloud engineering, understanding cloud operations, and FinOps right in the cloud space. And retraining also include working with uh, our several cloud providers to make sure that we are enabling the knowledge transfer and also providing the environment for hands-on approach in upskilling. In upskilling. And the other thing that is really important is to have a very strong collaboration between business and IT, and teams need to stay very close to align on business objectives and outcomes. And the earlier the engagement, the better it is as we start building trust and to ensure that we are not you know, duplicating efforts and instead harmonizing our approach to ensure that, hey, we are building the right capacity to support the right business needs to drive the right business outcomes. And then finally, metrics and measurement is another important area to establish very clear operational and financial metrics so that we can manage different workloads, drive cost optimization, we can shift and pivot to new demands and to ensure that our operations are able to scale to the needs of the business. So let me follow up on that um, conversation around the business. I mean, one of the interesting things is ensuring that business and IT alignment and, you know, talking about the roadmap, is it purely business pulling technology projects through? Or is it technology also talking to the business about what can now be enabled with some of the newer technologies? Yeah, thanks, Chris, for this question. This is a very important question because technology initiatives always must always align to business strategy. And I think this is something that um, we always have to stay vigilant on, especially as new technology starts evolving. Uh, we need to make sure that whatever we do in technology aligns to a business outcome, um, staying very vigilant on our focus so that we can ensure that our technology is really driving the impact and the value for our business. And how do we ensure that? I think the question um, is uh, it's important because this alignment requires really close business engagement. I think having common outcomes um, and goals between business and IT teams is really important. I talk about having high-performing teams, uh, and this is a big part of how do we ensure the business and IT have a common goals and common um, uh, outcomes and measurements at the end of the day. I think one of the things we have also learned is to establish steering committee so that we can align um, business strategies and goals and with clear accountability on both business and IT teams so that we can see how IT initiatives can contribute to the business success and continue to iterate right as we start changing business requirements. Having shared um, performance metrics is also as important, just as I'd mentioned on establishing high performing teams. This requires a very sustainable approach to ensure that we have joint accountability on delivering to the metrics and goals. And as we start building that continuous engagement, as we start delivering, as we start ensuring that we built reliability and vice versa, uh, ensuring that we are always looking out for the business. I think this continuous engagement and open uh, and transparent communication helps build trust uh, across the organization. And it's very fundamental to that business and IT uh, engagement and alignment. And again, that leads me on to the next question, which is also, I mean, how do you educate the business about the capabilities and the pitfalls of some of the newer technology that's emerging? Yeah, so similar to your earlier question on IT and business alignment, I think for us in IT, we must see ourselves as collaborators and technology navigators. And a big part of that role is, first of all, to have a very strong 
understanding of the business, understand the business priorities and focus so that we can talk about capabilities or technology from the same lens of the benefits they can bring to the business. And it's also important that as we talk about technology, we can bring about guidance on what is important for the business to drive the outcomes and at the same time to ensure security and compliance, which is really important for a healthcare organization like ourselves. I think one of the things that we have learned um, um, very earlier on across the organization, we have established councils such as Global Data Science Council, uh, Global Intelligent Automation Councils, and these councils have representation from business functions and IT teams, and they serve as a platform for us to share regular updates across the organization on what we are working on, key initiatives we should be, um, be focusing on, as well as how technology can enable that. So we use these councils to talk about new technology, to discuss opportunities and potential areas of concern, such as data privacy uh, and security, for example. So I represent IT in the Global Data Science Council, for example, and I would always take this opportunity to provide an update on technology we're exploring uh, and also use these opportunities to understand business demands and look at use cases where we can pilot and drive outcomes. So having that um, forum serves as a great opportunity, Chris, in terms of being able to share some of the capabilities and also to learn from each other in terms of what we are working on. Wow, that's great. That's great. And Final question, and it's really around new technology. I mean, you've, you've started to sort of talk around you you bring into those councils the fact you're you know you're evaluating new technology, what you're actually finding. How do you, from an IT perspective, decide which technology to actually um, invest time and effort in? Yes, I think it starts first with having a very strong understanding of the overall business objectives, and in this case within JNJ, it's about unleashing the JNJ purpose, which is to blend art, science, and ingenuity to profoundly change the trajectory of health for humanity. And secondly, as technology experts, we need to have a strong foundational understanding of industry trends, future technology capabilities, and also very importantly to understand the maturity, uh, the capabilities now in the future, scalability, as well as the viability of the companies that we are working with to develop this technology. And a very important element is also to understand the risks and financial implications and, um, and all, with all that coming together, getting alignment with the business on where and what use cases we should be piloting. And I would encourage everybody to always start small, continue to iterate and to learn as we look at new technology and evolve, right, as it starts. First of all, with a strong business case, pilot use cases with that and then learn and, uh, and start scaling when it comes. That's great. Thank you. Actually, Reno, I'm going to ask you one more question. What new technology are you most excited about? I, I get excited easily with technology. And I, I think in the last few years, we have seen such an explosion of technology, technology capabilities that we can never imagine in the past. So it's hard to pick and choose. But I would say that at this point, the technology that excites me most is the world of AI, artificial intelligence. And within JNJ, we have seen how AI have supported many, many of our um, different capabilities, whether it's an automating task, be it within technology itself, patch management, or developing chatbots to support our employees and customers. Um, we have also used AI to speed up drug discovery. So I'm really excited about what AI can do and what it can do to improve healthcare with this ability to identify patterns, analyze huge amounts of data. And I can see this hugely impacting uh, various spectrum across healthcare. 
But at the same time, I'm also mindful of the challenges, data privacy, ethical usage of AI, for example. So the technology has huge potential to improve patient outcomes, and we have to stay vigilant uh, also on the responsible use as we continue to explore AI usage. That's great. Thanks, Rena. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today, but thanks once again for uh, sharing your journey and your experience in leading successful transformation. Thanks, Chris, for having me. Thank you. And that concludes today's CIO ASEAN interview. My name is Chris Holmes, and I've been talking to Rowena Yeo, Chief Technology Officer and Global Vice President, Technology Services at Johnson & Johnson. Any comments, questions, please reach out to me on LinkedIn.